we will not be held responsible for any hearing impairments or damage caused to you from excessive exposure to this sound. Hello and welcome to the Oral Fix Podcast. This is episode number 45. I am your host, your sexy, geeky, furry, smart, brilliant, full of shit host, Henry Diaz. <laughs> welcome everyone. Welcome the new listeners. Welcome the old listeners. Oral Fix Podcast is a weekly social commentary podcast for the gay community. That's all you queer folk out there. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. <laughs> you just finished listening to uh, the theme song for Old Dogs New Tricks, the series, which is a web series on YouTube. They just finished wrapping up their first season uh, at the beginning of this year. And boy, am I looking forward to a season two from them. That theme song was created by Nick Tenbrook. And the creator of All Dogs and New Tricks, Leon Accord, is going to be with us for Chip for Chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a warm, special, special episode for you all. Um, so let's get through the regular spiel at the beginning, the introductions. Um, I would like to make everyone aware that this podcast is also available on iTunes and SoundCloud, Podomatic, and Facebook.com backslash The Oral Fix Podcast, as well as Stitcher.com backslash Oral Fix. That's O-R-A-L-F-I-X. This podcast is being sponsored this week by Stitcher.com. If you go to that website, uh, stitcher.com backslash oral fix, and enter the code oral fix, O R A L F I X, you will be eligible to be selected for a monthly drawing for a $100 cash card. That's right, a $100 cash card. But you have to be a new user in order to sign up for it. And what happens when you go to that link, that site that I sent and that um, I announced, is that once you're there, they're going to ask you for the promo code. Do you enter it? You register for Stitcher.com Radio, which is a podcasting vehicle just to listen to podcasts of all different types and genres and and topics. Um, and they have a great app also, so for your mobile devices and tablets. Um, so both for Apple and Android to, um, go out there and use them. And if you do, um, make sure if you download the app that you enter that promo code oral fix, no spaces so that you can be registered as, um, 
a user of the URL fix and you're you're also supporting the podcast. So this week is Mother's Day week, and as I'm recording this, it is Mother's Day, and a very special shout out to my mother, who annoys me at times, <laughs> as you heard in the last episode. Um, I sent her my uh, my present, and she hasn't called me. She should have received it yesterday, Saturday. So um, hopefully she likes it, and hopefully everyone out there who has a mother still around with them, or who's actually you know uh, thinking of their mother and those who don't have a good relationship with their mother, um, you know I think it's worth it to you know say or think happy thoughts about our mothers because without them we wouldn't be here in this world being gay and being our badass selves. <laughs> um, so Fringe ended this week on a high note. Um, the fourth season ended and Olivia was not killed and I'm so happy and I retract any bad words that I uttered towards the show producers and writers. But um, there is a fifth season, um, 13 episodes, and I can't wait. I wish maybe they'll surprise us with um, maybe 20 more episodes <laughs> i can only wish right but supposedly the 13 episodes will end on december 21st of 2012 which is the end date for the mayan calendar and as we all know from you know what i keep regurgitating on this podcast is that that's not the end of the world and that's not what the mayans intended for the end of the world to be um on that calendar the calendar is just a mirror that date is just a mirror reset uh so the world's not ending and but french may be ending (laughs) um but you know out of that it's probably going to be like some great awesome more new paranormal stuff from french and maybe there'll be something slanted towards the mayan calendar on there who knows um, but I am so happy Olivia is still alive and we'll get to see another glimpse of the future of Fringe uh, within the series, um, the year 2036. And hopefully they'll find Olivia alive in Amber and we'll see how that plays out and how the, they stop the observers. Nikita ended uh, also their, their season and um, Maggie Q didn't die. Um, <laughs> if you watched it, you know that it was just a really awful, well, it was, it was, it was a really, uh, I don't know, for me, it, it, it was an awful ending because I thought it was the end of Nikita and they left it off at a cliffhanger. And from what I read, they canceled Nikita previous to me watching that episode. Um, but actually that cliffhanger, you know, I, it got me so angry that I said to myself, this can't be the end. So I went and Googled and I found at the Huffington Post an article saying that CW had renewed Nikita for a third season. So Nikita lives for a third season. (laughs) And so does Michael (laughs) and everyone else. And that hot Marine, I think his name is Nick. Um, I don't know. I just know that his chest is hot. <laughs> I'm so happy for that cast and Maggie Q. Congratulations. And I would love to have Maggie Q on the podcast. If anyone else agrees, let me know because I'll hunt her down. <laughs> um, and lastly, on my weekly review is 
John Travolta and his and the affidavit of the John Doe that is suing him, the recent John Doe. It is highly erotic. I'm posting it on the show notes. Um, we get to find out in that affidavit. I mean, the way it was written is just absurd. But um, in the middle of it all, you know, y- y- you get to see how John Travolta kind of like according to John Doe, kind of like, you know, makes his moves. And uh, there's a bodyguard that's involved that's African-American who shows a semi-erection and walks away and leaves them alone. And then all of a sudden, John Travolta is sporting an eight-inch hard-on. <laughs> he didn't say whether or not he was uncut. So maybe there was... I don't know. It's just really bogus. I mean, I'm really surprised. And I'll blog about it during the week. But... You guys have to see it. You have to read it. So finally, without ado, further ado, um, I would like to announce the guest for this Chit for Chat um, for this week's podcast. And that's Leon Accord. And he is a really cool guy, um, creator, uh, producer, writer, and actor, one of the stars of All Dogs New Tricks, one of my favorite web series so far right now, aside from Gossip Boy. Um, and I hope you guys support him and the rest of the cast. And I, I assure you this web series is hot. It's funny and it's, it's a must. We must support it. We must keep it afloat. We must get them on the air to regular mainstream TV. Hello. Chip for chat. Who is this? Chip for chat. Do I know you? Chip for chat. Seriously, if you don't tell me who this is, I'm going to call the police. Better yet, I'm going to hang up on you. Chip for chat. Welcome to a new edition of Chip for Chat. This week, we have Leon Accord, creator and writer of All Dogs, New Tricks, a web series on YouTube, and which also can be found on www.alldogsnewtricksetheseries.com. I am so happy and so psyched. I'm like a little schoolgirl here, and <laughs> here's Leon Accord. How are you, Leon? I'm great, Henry. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. So, did I quote you right there? You're the creator and writer Correct, and one of the uh, <clears throat> one of the producers as well, and yeah. one of the actors. And I'm a oh. Gemini. I just have to, you know, I have to do everything. <laughs> That's right. I forgot that you're like the star. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't say that. I don't say that because you know our cast is so good, and it really is an ensemble. So I'm always very quick to correct people. Oh, no, 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 I'm one of the actors. Well, feel uh, free to bitch slap me if you need to during. Oh. The show. <laughs> <laughs> The last person that bitched slap me, sort of, in you know, a friendly way, was um, Pandora Box, <laughs> <laughs> and it felt good. <laughs> we do we have any bitch slaps coming up in the show? Um, Ooh, sort of. We actually have a, a homage coming up to. Uh, well, I might as well just say it. Do you remember Dynasty? I don't yeah. know if you're. You, you do? Okay. Well, it's something um, I was going to bring up uh, later well, on. Well, then I'll let you bring it up. I'll let you bring it up. No, no, no. Okay. Well, you know, I, I'm this show, you have sold me and hooked me onto it. 
I mean, I, I, I couldn't stop watching it. I actually rewatched some of the episodes and I rewatched it today before I, um, you, I met you, um, to record and, um, and just can't get enough. I can't wait for season two. And, God bless you. and while I was, thank you. And <laughs> God bless you too. Namaste. Um, <laughs> and one of the things I was thinking of, you know, I was thinking, you know, I, I, I got to make this show not sensational, but you know, I really, you know, I, ha- I have to sell the show um, to everyone who listens and all, all our listeners and future listeners. And I was saying to myself, you know, I was, I was comparing and I was going back to my original posts, um, that I blogged about on the Oral Fix podcast blog. And I was thinking, you know, this blows out of the water all these other web series. You know, it rivals Gossip Boy, but I have to say it's really well put together. And, oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, there's this web series out there called, uh, uh, which is like the gay version of Dynasty, which really nothing happens, but I don't know if you ever saw it or uh, or seen it. You know, it's, um, I, and I forget who produces it, but... Um, I have to be careful because I I've made a lot of friends in the um, web TV industry, so it's you know I. Um... Well, it's I, I I'm not I, you know I like it. It's just I wish that they would do more on their show. Um, well, I, I think the, I, I think I, the thing in their defense, and it's something that we run up against all the time, is budget. I mean, my original scripts for the show are so much more grandiose than what we actually can afford to pull off. Um, I think that might, you know, I just, you know, playing devil's advocate. There's, uh, the web TV swings wide. There's a lot of good shows, and there's a lot of less than good shows. Mm. So, what, so. I, I will say that. That's, that, I'll go that far. I, I have to <laughs> say, by far, yours has the, it has my attention full on, and it's something that, I believe I need in my life. I believe that people of my generation and the new generation, um, I think, would love, especially those who follow friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was one of the things I wanted to do when I was writing it, was just, we as a community, we've never really had that. I, we've had Queer as Folk, which was great. We've had Will, as Grace, which, Will and Grace, which for its time was groundbreaking and, and was very important and, and for its time. But even Will and Grace... You know, they only really talked about dating. You never saw them actually in the nitty-gritty of, you know, gay life. And I just, you know, I I think as a community, we kind of need that. You know, we need to have our own water cooler moments, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to have our own, you know, and we certainly aren't, obviously, aren't being role models for anybody. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, you know, that's something else I wanted to to to, to explore is that so often – you know, there are a lot more gay characters in media, but they're so often so saintly that I wanted, you know, and if they are flawed, they're all about their flaws. I wanted to do characters who were flawed, but you still cared about who weren't just defined by their flaws. And and, and, and you have. And and so, you know, you were alluding to a dynasty here. Like, oh. <laughs> what did you mean by that? Well, um, in season two, we've planned, because, you know, our... Our tar- our main audience are you know forty plus. Um, we're doing a a scene that's sort of an homage to a classic dynasty moment mm. that involves water. That's all I'll say. Oh. Uh, dynasty fans <laughs> should be able to. Um, uh, do you know the character Nelson Van Eddy, the Nathan's little frenemy? Yes. They, they have a throwdown. Oh. In <laughs> yeah. 
Nathan and Ben. Well, I saw that coming since the first episode. Well, yeah. <laughs> Got to have a villain. And, you know, Bruce Hart, it's so funny. He's the nicest guy. Oh, really? In real life. We've had coffee many times. He's become one of my best friends. and He's so good at being so snarky, but he's actually not at all like that. Well, do you know if he tried to play that character up as uh, Nelly Olsen? Because that's who he reminds me of. <laughs> From Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> I'll have to ask him that. You know, I never thought of that, but now that you mentioned it. Nathan! Oh, my God. My favorite so- line... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so sing-songy sweet, you know? I That's so funny. Oh uh, I'll have to ask him about that. My favorite line, like, you know, like the bitch slap moment, uh, was when Brad said to him, you know, uh, this is, like I think it was uh, episode 1.2 or 1.3 when you guys got over, like, the whole entire, like, bitch session with him. And yeah. Brad says, you're an annoying little cunt, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> he improv stealing a drink. Uh, Kurt's great. Um, I, you know, I was a little worried about using that word because I didn't, we have actually quite, we have a lot of women in our audience as it turns out. And really, I, I, yeah, um, that's, that's something I've learned through this experience that there's actually quite a large segment of the straight female audience who really like, um, gay erotica Mm. literature and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, we've kind of tapped into that audience to a point. Um, I don't consider us erotica. <laughs> well, I don't know. Season two. <laughs> well, wait, you guys, wait and see. Your your latest little like trailer and thank you fans and please support us says you guys are going to offer more drugs and sex. So. Oh yeah, well Brad. <laughs> Brad's sort of the Patsy Stone of the group. It's funny he's gotten compared a lot to Samantha Jones from Sex in the City, but I see him much more as a Patsy Stone. Me too. Cool. Oh, good. You know, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite scenes is like you and him, like you guys were doing a time flash, like your character, Nathan and Brad Uh were in bed. Oh my God. That was the first scene. (laughs) It was the first scene we shot. I was terrified. I begged the director, please let me wear, you know, it's an 80s flashback. So I'm like, let me wear one of those big, relaxed Frankie goes to Hollywood t-shirts. No, no, you've got to be naked. Oh my God. Um, and I don't do a lot of those kinds of scenes. Kurt is a total pro. He's straight. He just, you know, stripped down to his underwear, jumped into bed. I had, like, board shorts rolled up and finally was convinced to take my wife beater off, which I should have taken off before I put on that wig. <laughs> it wasn't easy. <laughs> well, you, yeah, well, you know who you remind me of. You, um... Oh my God! You know, well, you, you threw me off when you said that Kurt is straight. I mean, that ruined. Oh, you should have never have said that. <laughs> I well, I just, you know, I, I, I know I shouldn't as a producer, but as an actor, I'm so amazed by what a good actor he is and how fearless he is. I mean, he's really fearless. He had me convinced. Yeah, he's he's and he's not British. He's from Chicago. Yeah, I was um, reading his bio and I thought he was British. I I, I, was, I couldn't believe it. He's really good, actually. In the the second part of the uh, birthday episode when he crashes into the bathroom stall. Oh my god. Uh, we had him slip the accent a little bit. I think he I forget what the line is, but he, he does sort of let it go a little bit. Um, we say in the pilot he's actually from Florida. The um, accent's all just to put on because he's a uh, one-time punk rock star. Well, that scene of you and him in the bed with that you know that wig that you had on <laughs> reminded me of David Bowie. You remind me of David Artist. <laughs> Thank you. You know, when I was younger, I got that a lot. Now I'm getting Barry Manilow, which I'm not what? Too crazy about? No, I've gotten that a few times. Or or Robert Plant, which is better than David uh, Barry Manilow, but uh, I'd rather have David Bowie. That's that's the ultimate. So yeah. thank you for that. You're cool. welcome. Cool. You deserve it. 
I'd love to do more flashbacks, but I don't know. I mean, once you reach a certain age, it's really hard to play 20-something again. Well, you know, it, it, you know, on your budget and, you know, for all it's worth, I think you guys did a great job. I mean, it was oh, so, like, absolutely fabulous for me, that, that one scene. Cool. It, it was so, you know, I it, even though, you know, it seemed somewhat, you know, cheap or whatever, it, it, you guys, the acting is what genuinely brought it together, and you guys cool. work well as this ensemble of a cast. Uh, it's a great cast. I, I, we're so lucky. And, you know, the shoot, everyone is so, you know, web series, they don't, you know, as you said, we don't have big budgets. It's very, very much on the cheap and they're all so dedicated there's not a diva in the bunch i know you probably want to hear stories of us fighting and bitching and i wish as a producer i wish i could give you those but no it's they're all so incredibly dedicated and i'm just i'm so lucky i'm so lucky that the shoot the first season was just it was so much fun i mean it was a lot of work there was very little tension it was just a lot a lot of fun well it's hard to keep a web series going also yeah, um, it is. I know, like from the very first ones that ever aired on on uh, YouTube, and even like you know these single YouTube stars, it's hard for them to mm. keep it up as well. Oh uh, yeah, no unless you're an orange. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're an orange. <laughs> the show's very good. I have nothing against the annoying orange. <laughs> but they don't age, you know. You just get another fruit, and <laughs> no. once they turn moldy, you just replace it and draw another face on it. No, it, that's, I shouldn't say that. It's a very funny show. And I, Arvin Bautista is, mm. is brilliant as a director. I think he really, you know, I, I've seen him in action. You guys have uh, some behind the scenes on your YouTube channel, which uh -huh. I, I've gone through. He's great. You know, he's another, he's straight. He's, um, he's straight? He's, yeah, he's 27. <clears throat> I worked with him um, when he was a USC student. I was in his grad thesis film. When I first had the scripts, I went to him just thinking, you know, surely he knows some gay people in the industry who might be interested in working. I had no, you know, I didn't even dream that he would be interested in doing it himself. But after he read the script, he's like, you know, I'd really like to help you develop and, and direct, you know, at least the first season. And I'm like, cool. It was like, <sighs> I, I think he's, you know, also the reason that the shoot was so pleasant. He's a very good director, and he's not at all. Um, he ma he really makes it fun. And whenever anyone compliments me on the show, I'm very quick to say he deserves at least half the credit. He really does. I mean, he really gave the show its its kind of pace and um, its kind of zing. I love to it. I love the pace. I love the pace and the energy and the and the zing of it all. I, it's you guys all together are brilliant, you know, uh, on the scene and behind the scene. Um, and I love his director's note on your website. Oh, uh, isn't that funny? <laughs> You've done your homework. Oh. Good for you, Henry. I'm all in your panties, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad somebody is, you know. <laughs> somebody needs to be. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't say that. Oh. <laughs> Oh well, um, <laughs> let let, let, the, let the, the you know the stripping begin. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad this isn't a video podcast, then we could really get raunchy. Well, we're we're well. I'm heading towards that. I'm I'm trying to. I've gotten actually some of the fans who would like to see video next, and yeah. So who knows? Before we get before we get too raunchy, I do want to you mention about how hard how hard it is to keep web series going. We do have and pardon me for being a whore for a minute. We do have a um, oh go ahead no shame uh, here. Our fundraising campaign for season two is up on Indiegogo. 
there are links to it on our website or on our Facebook page, or if you go to Indiegogo and just search Old Dogs New Tricks Season 2, um, it really, it's up to our, our audience. So, you know, I was trying to get that plug in there. I'm done. <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to get around to that also before we get into more meteor stuff. Um, okay. You know, I because I do want to see season two and I do want to support you guys. And I and you know, I, it's horrible economic times out there. And I know there are many fans who can't. If they can just, you know, spread the word on their Facebook pages or email their friends, you know, you can help the show in many ways but besides financially. But, you know, we'd love the money if you got it. Exactly, exactly. And um... Oh, let me go back, too, because I, I didn't say this. I'm, I'm a big fan of Gossip Boy myself. You are? So, yeah, we've actually talked about doing sort of like some sort of crossover promotion. Awesome! We, we were both at um, Hollywood Festival, and we're like, you know, one of your characters is an actor. Nathan's an agent. Hmm. So we, we, we may, you know, seeing how the fundraising goes off, we may pull that off. I'd love to. I, they're a great group of actors. Yes, they are, and I, you know, I, 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 I'm waiting for that second season too. Actually, I, and I would love them to have a little more time on their web series, and I think that's also something that they discussed on one of the episodes that we had them on. Um, and uh, they they have fans who actually want more uh, time on each episode, yeah. and and I love the timing and the pacing on on your episodes, and so I'm, you know, I I would love to see more you know, cross collaboration between the, both of the shows. I think that's the only way that you really, at least in podcasting world, that's, that's the way that, um, we actually, uh, strive and thrive yeah. as a community is by supporting each other and having yeah. cross interviews or, you know, announcing, um, press releases and, and things. And, you know, I have to apologize to the show. Um, I make a formal apology on the air to you and to one, to the cast, to the show. Um, <laughs> Because uh, we, you know, we, uh, I've had, you know, the show Fix podcast has a lot of upgrades and renovations lately, and um, and life has just kicked in also, which people have heard me rant about on the show, um, and I've and I haven't been able to really plug you guys in uh, or blog about the show, and I've maybe here or there may may have like reshared or retweeted things, but not consistently like I have been in the past, and you'll be seeing more of that um, as as a result uh, of uh, the show. Nice. No worries, no worries. Okay. No worries. You're doing it now, so. Right. Exactly when we need you, so it's it's fabulous. No worries at all. And I love what you did on Indiegogo, you know, to actually get fans to support the show. <laughs> Our little you Brady ha- Bunch yeah! video. <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was Bra- that? Brady Bunch meets Andy Warhol. Um, the... The actual the dialogue was mine, and we were actually going to just do it separate talking heads, and then some you know, some of it was going to be two of us together at one point, and and Arvin actually was said, you know, what, what if we just did him, you know, like his, uh, you know, he never said Brady Bunch at the time, he was just like split screens, so like have the four of you, and I'm, oh my God, that's a great idea. So we just you know one would shoot their bit, and then the other one would come and shoot their bit, and then the third one came in and shot their bit. It was it was fun. It was great to see the guys. They all, you know, they work so much that you know we hardly ever see each other when we're not working on the show. So, yeah, but, uh, I, I think we can pull it off. Well, um, okay. I so. hope we can pull it off. Not you will pull it off. We you will, will pull, it pull it off. Absolutely. <laughs> I demand it. <laughs> <laughs> work harder. So, you guys have received. I have been acknowledged, and this is something you know. Even though I haven't re- been re- retweeting a lot of what's been going on. Uh, with all dogs new tricks in the interim um, between the seasons, um, 
I have been following what has been going on your Facebook fan page uh, for Old Dogs and New Tricks. And, um, you you know, the L.A. Web Series Festival of 2012 yeah. gave you two awards. The yeah. show for Outstanding Ensemble and Outstanding Dramedy. Yeah. Amazing. It was, very, it was great. It was totally unexpected. Really? Um, yeah. Well, the, the nice thing about the festival is that their categories are broad, so there's not just, like, one award in each one. Like, there was... Um, best drama, dramedy, soap opera, or translated drama. So there were, you know, it wasn't just like, okay, this is the one show that has to win, which I don't think is really fair because, I mean, it's the, the product is so varied and vast. But um, It yeah, looks like they, the, it looks like they gave hundreds of awards that night. Well, they gave quite a few. But, like, the, the two that I won were uh, the ensemble, so a lot of those were, like, actual actors from the ensembles and the... Um, best dramedy producers i mean almost every show had two or three producers but um it was great it was it was uh, totally unexpected all four of us on the show are um theater actors and and strangely three of them all the other three guys are from illinois and i'm from indiana is that weird right you're from kokomo indiana how do do you know that oh i did my google you are really good i yeah i was born in kokomo It's not the song from the Beach Boys. That's a Kokomo down in the Caribbean. You know, that was my next <laughs> question. <laughs> That's usually the next question I get. Aruba, <laughs> Jamaica. Oh, no, my Kokomo is far less glamorous. Far less. <laughs> it was actually in the you know 60s and 70s, it was like one of the hubs of the auto industry. Uh, like uh, um, Delco Electronics and Chrysler had a factory there and... It's that's all gone bye bye now. That's really kind of sad. What was it like growing up there? Well, you know, I grew. I only lived in Kokomo till I was about four, and then we moved to a uh, a farmhouse. So I always I grew up really basically in the country, and then when I was like in my teens, we grew moved to an actual farm, farm farm, which was oh, oh my God, was that a lot of work? Oh. oh God, you know, hats off to farmers, but I never ever want to do that work again. Welcome back. That is Gold Room, the song 15, featuring Chilla. I love Gold Room. I recently discovered them on SoundCloud, where you can also listen to the oral fix if you're not already. <laughs> um, I sure hope you're enjoying the interview with Leon. And 
here we're going to move on to the second part of the interview. And he discussed with us uh, his, the latest scoop on <clears throat> Doug Spearman, also known as Chance from Noah's Ark, <laughs> a local TV show. And, um, and his how he came to actually get him for Old Dog's New Tricks, as well as some more tea. It's going to be spilled throughout the second half and the third. Um, <laughs> uh, we talk more about uh, Tom Beards, uh, who is an actor from The Young and the Restless, um, a veteran actor of long a uh, long time, I, from what I heard from Leon. Uh, Tom... Hot Tom, who also plays Bobby Muscles, uh, maybe soon-to-be boyfriend. <laughs> um, it's really hot, and I think it's been around for a while on The Young and the Restless. Anyway, enough about all that. Um, and stay tuned for the end of that second half, because uh, I and Leon get into a big discussion about Logo TV, and Leon really airs his... His thoughts on old dogs, new tricks being on Logo TV. So let's talk about Doug Spearman. Well, I just, I'm on a buzz because we just broke the news today. So I'm still kind Ooh, of go right ahead. buzzing about it. Well, I, everyone see. knows Doug Spearman's chance from um, Noah's Ark. I, I can't believe I, it. I, I, I can't, can't either, actually. I would. He was one of my favorite characters on, on Noah's Ark. He's really, he's really good. He's really a really good actor and I you know I didn't think we had a chance in hell of getting him and I approached him the same way I did Tom Beards was just through Facebook because I find if you go through agents you know when they see there's no real money involved they just kind of toss the script in the trash but um, as it turns out he was a fan of the show he's like oh my god I love the show I, you made my day let's talk and we did <laughs> and, and he totally gets it I, I was explaining you know you'd be a regular but you wouldn't really be with the four guys and he's like yeah I'd be Nicholas Sheridan I get it I'm like come on <laughs> he's totally Ross's cool Ross's spouse I'm sorry Ross's spouse yeah yeah. Right? Ross's, Ross's husband they're not exes yet <laughs> everyone's talking oh. about gay marriage we're going to go the other way and show scenes from a gay divorce i'm so happy because everyone's like you know i i'm, I'm you know I, it's cool that gay marriages are soon to be legalized and it's becoming more popular but you know comes marriage and then comes divorce if you don't match up with the right person mm -hmm. it's true and um you know it's it's even before people start talking about gay marriage we had relationships and some relationships end and some of them end badly and uh, it's not to say that Doug's playing a villain, not at all. But um, oh, he's not. Well, I, 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 I already started like picturing him being like like this bitchy like queen that has been demeaning Ross all this time. No, it's it's really a story of uh, it's less sensational. It's really just two people who've kind of grown apart over eight years, hmm. and and who's one whose career has really taken off, and the other one has kind of subsided, and um, just the, the tensions that that can cause. Um, I, I told Doug, you know, I don't, I don't mind if viewers don't like you, but I don't want you to think of it as a villain. Oh, so he's not going to be a Fifi O'Hara. Uh, <laughs> 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 I think some people will really like him. I mean, I, when I wrote the scripts, I tried to really not make it about who's right and who's wrong, but really make it about just two people who are kind of like passing in the night after a certain point. 
Um, mm. I'm thrilled that he's doing it. Like, I can't believe we're so lucky. And Tom's coming back. Tom Beard's from Young and the Restless. And Bruce Hart. Oh, my God. Back I can't believe that. And, um, yeah, and with Tom Beard, his character <clears throat> originally was going to be gone after the second season premiere. They were going to break up, and Muscles was, you know, going to just have a series of disastrous dates with different guys. And people just love Tom so much, and he's, he's so much fun to work with. Hot, he's hot, 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 hot. Oh God! Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> um, Why? But, but the thing about Tom, I have to say, he is—you know—I I was a little—you know—I never worked with a soap star. I was like, kind of like thinking, "Oh God, how how bad could it might 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 it be?" But he Young and the wrestler. He's incredibly <laughs> grounded. Well, you know, I was a huge fan of the show when he was on. I mean, that was another thing for me. But we had dinner to talk about it before he agreed to do it. And I just sitting there in this dark Italian restaurant across the table from Philip <laughs> Chancellor was it's like, okay, oh. my my life has become really bizarre. <laughs> um, but the thing I love about Tom is he's he doesn't put on any airs. He knows exactly who he is. Um and he's he's very grounded for a soap star. And and you're not going to tell us if he's straight or not. I hope. Uh, don't oh, Tom, yeah, oh no, no, he's 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 gay and out and Ooh! yeah. Did you not know that? I I, I didn't do my homework on oh! Tom because I I just didn't I, I I just wanted I just wanted the fantasy just to keep playing on <laughs> for the second. Hopefully, and I was praying that he would come back because it just seemed like it was the end between Muscles and and Bobby, and I and I was kind of sad, but uh, because you know at the end of the show he just tells you know Muscles, let's just be friends, and I was like, what? Well, Muscles is kind of a pit bull when it comes to love, so um, he he doesn't get yeah. that easy. And again, you know, he Bobby was going to be gone after one episode, but. Um, I I talked to Tom and and played out some ideas and um, yeah and you'll be seeing more. In fact, tune into the second episode of season two if you want to see more Tom Beard. He's going to be an eight out of ten, but um, you'll see a lot of him in, in the second episode. Shirtless Andrew Christian underwear. Yeah. Hmm. I'll, I'll ask him <laughs> if I can get away with that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he's he's really cool too. You know, when I first was talking to him about doing the show, he's very conscientious yeah. about you know gay representation and the images that he was putting out there. Good, and and good. we actually got a lot of blog press from his first love scene. We sneaked a picture of it on the internet. And um, I guess it was the fact that, you know, he's an out actor. They they made his character gay on Young and the Restless a few years ago, but he's never had a love scene. Or I, I don't even think his character's had a love interest. So it was oh. kind of like, you know, after 35 years as a gay act, well, uh, 35, 25 maybe, 30 years, um, <laughs> something like that. A, uh, yeah, he finally got he wow. finally got his gay love Amazing. scene, and he's gonna get some more too. So stay tuned. Oh my God! I, it, you know, I saw that um, you're gonna have uh, Patrick on uh, UStream on this Friday. Uh, Je- Jeffrey, uh, yeah, Jeffrey Patrick Olson. Yeah, tomorrow night. Uh, Jeffrey Patrick. Yes, tomorrow night. Um, which. Actually, everyone who's listening, this is going to post on Sunday, but I'm going to actually reblog all that information on on Facebook and everywhere else and, and also on the blog and, and cool. let everyone know that you're going to be oh, on the show hey. on Sunday. Cool. If, if but, they um, tune in late, we'll have like a rerun posted on the Ustream channel, which you can find. It's um, on our website. So, yeah, if you're yeah. not there tomorrow night, actually. But if you can make it tomorrow night, make it tomorrow night because then you can send us questions and, and interact. 
Well, I will be there tomorrow cool. night because I, I live off of, you know, I don't have cable, so I get all my shows on the web. And I'm a fringe person, Nikita. So Fridays, I dedicate that time to those shows, but those shows don't post until the following day. So my Friday's free. You know, so I, I'll be, when I was at web, the uh, LA Web Festival, I was on a panel and um, talking about uh, uh, the future of web and, and all of that. And, and it seemed like most of the web creators there were actors who were doing it, trying to sell it to a network or. And um, the moderator said, you know, there's generations now who've gotten their – they go to the Internet for their entertainment. Mm-hmm. They've grown up with that. And Cutting the cable. Three kids in the front row sort of nodded. And it's like, yeah, I think in 10 years from wow. now, it's, it's going to be so, – oh, a web show. Yeah, that's just going to be part of the entertainment well, world. There's all these – there's all these internet set-top boxes now, like the Roku, Apple TV mm-hmm. box, um, and dozens of more that are, you know, offering all these channels. And you, you could watch, you know, even, you know, daytime, yeah. you know, syndicated shows on Hulu now, mm-hmm. Netflix and stuff. So why? And, and you know, YouTube's getting really serious. They're putting a lot of money into original programming by stars. <laughs> really? I wish they'd turn to some of the unknowns, but. Um, uh, it's it's all good for us. Even if we're not getting the money, we'll we'll reap some benefits from it. I would have loved to see the, your show um, go on Logo before it suddenly just well fell apart. You know, well, you said we could talk candidly here, right? It's just you and me, right? Oh, it's up to you, honey. I, you spill the I, tea. I, I I'll I'll sip it. I up. don't <laughs> think I'd want to go on Logo. Mm-hmm. I don't think um, from rumors I've heard. And not from Doug Spearman, because I've been very careful not to ask him questions about Logo. But from what I've heard about other shows, like Sorted, Li- Sorted Lives, Del Shore's Sorted Lives, and um, and the fact that the A-List is one of the most repugnant pieces of programming I think it's ever been. Done. <laughs> can we talk? Yes, can we? I, just, can we? I think, you know, you have a gay network, and this is what you're going to put on. I mean, there's so many positives. Oh, I'm not you. even positive. I mean, my show is hardly a show about positive role models. My thing with the A-List, my biggest problem with it, because I've had this argument with gay people who are like, well, it's just the same as the Real Housewives. And my argument is Real Housewives don't get bashed. Mm. You know, I- ignorant mm. rednecks stumble upon a show like The A-List, and it just gives them more. And not even rednecks. You know, now in this world, especially now that Obama's spoken out, I think there's going to be a tremendous backlash, and we just don't need those yeah. kinds of images out no. there. Unless you counteract mm. them. I think our show... It has enough good and bad where you can't really say that we're putting out negative images and we try to keep it balanced. Um, but no, I just, Logo, I've, I've just heard too many bad things about them. And now that they're saying, oh, we're, we're, we're de-emphasizing the gay, um, no. I would, you know, I, I'm not against having a show on TV, certainly, if it would happen. I would love to do half-hour episodes. Are you kidding? Oh, my God. <laughs> What would be your ideal network, or actually, what would be everyone's ideal I, network? Well, you know, HBO, I think, would, I don't know about now. I know when Chris Albrecht was um, running it, they were really great with their shows. They really let the creators, they, it was kind of hands-off. Um, and mm. just that you can use the language. and, and um, But although, you know, we do, being on YouTube, we have basically visually the same standards and practices as network TV. We can't, you know... We we flirt dangerously on the edge of crack, but we don't actually show it. <laughs> um, and that's kind of, it's turned out to be a fun challenge. It's, it's kind of similar to just writing the scripts. When I first 
sat down with the idea of the show, I was, you know, I grew up in the se- late, late 70s. <laughs> Let me emphasize late 70s, which I think was like a second golden age of television with Norman Lear and Carol Burnett and Maude and Mary Tyler Moore. And so it was very hard for me to get my head into the idea of writing five-minute episodes. How do you do, do a story in five minutes? But once I kind of mm. got there, the challenge of it became kind of the fun of it. It's hard to describe. So, yeah, we kind of have that same thing with nudity. We can't really show it, but, boy, there are, you know, we have a scene coming up in the second season where we actually, without showing it, but through the use of expressions and sound effects, we'll see a guy take a condom off after the act, which Ooh. I think is one of the most awkward sensations in the world. I don't know if you agree with me, but... I, I do. I mean, like, I, one of my questions I have on here for you is, are we going to see more of the blindfolded man that <laughs> Brad... <laughs> and and are, are we going to see more uh, <laughs> of you and and um, Mr... Damien um, Johns. Damien Johns, uh, yes. The guy from The Office in the last episode. Yes, uh, our ratings yes. went through the roof. That episode is... As, had more I'm feeling views. I'm feeling way down here. Touch <clears throat> me. <laughs> <laughs> you know that actually, as outrageous as that scene seems, when I was God, I was 20 or 21 in Indianapolis. I was the art director for a a gay rag. You know, like one of those magazines that you know they give out free at gay bars. Yes, they had gay bars mm-hmm. in Indianapolis back then. I don't know about now, mm-hmm. but anyway. Um, one of our advertisers was a florist, and he wanted to pretty. do an ad with a muscular gay guy holding a bouquet of flowers in front of his privates, you know. Mm. So at that time, I mean, it was, you know, right when people started going to the gym. So the one guy in Indianapolis that we all knew in the gay community who was really stacked, I called him in. I'm so tempted to tell you his name because it's so befitting, but I can't. His first name was Dirk. I can tell you that. Sure. No. Anyway, he comes in and he's, you know, he's just stinking hot. And um, I asked him if he has oh a book. God. He's like, no, but, you know, I can show you. And he did literally strip down to his underwear. Now, that, that, that unfortunately is where the similarities end. There was no kissing or anything else. But um, that did actually happen. Wow. Yeah. It was quite a nice, quite a nice view. What an... Okay, go ahead. And nothing happened. I was, you know, I was 19. I was a nerd. I was not secure enough to, I mean, I, I, looking back now, I think it might have, could have, something could have happened, but. Overwhelmed. I was at a place of business. (laughs) I've grown up in reverse. (laughs) At 19, I was like worried about this shit. And now in my 40s, I'm like, oh, fuck it. Now I'd totally do it. Well, you know, this this is a nice segue to something I usually do with guests on the show is that I like to you know, humanize them and have the audience get to know them because one of the um, main reasons that I wanted to do this show was, you know, to leave some type of legacy behind for the younger generation. And the other is to, you know, really show the human side of the gay, uh, of the gay community, which really, you know, everything out there that's been put out before, you know, your show, All Dogs New Tricks, has been not really human. It's been very superficial. And so I want to know, you know, a little more about like what was it like for you coming out? I mean, did you and you know, and and do you bring this sort of uh, experience into your writing? Um, before I answer that, <clears throat> I just want to go back to 
Blindfold Guy and Damien, because I'm going to hate myself if I don't mention. Um, Dam- you better. Damien, better played by uh, Rylan Shelton, is actually a regular next season. Ooh, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. I, I don't want to spoil anything, but you're going to be seeing a lot more of him as well. He is such a daddy hot He's bear. He's a wonderful actor, too, He's, and a joy to work with. He's just the best. Um, the Blindfold Guy, played by Philippe Icheri, um, he probably won't come back as Blindfold Guy, but he's kind of like the honorary fifth dog. He was actually in the pilot. He's one of the guys outside the nightclub at the end, the first guy oh. line. So we're going to try to get him back in as another character and disguise him. You know, he'll wear goatee as Blindfold Guy. We'll figure out another way to disguise him. But he's great. He's a huge supporter of the show. And <clears throat> you know, like I said, our honorary fifth dog. He's always stepping up to the plate. Um, anyway, okay. So what was it like to come out? Well, I grew up on a farm. It was... Which, by the way, we have in common. I mean, I think I partly grew up in a farm. My my parents are, are agricultural people, uh, and they, they, you know, bred horses and farmed, and I'm not going to get into specifics. The but. livestock is great. We have, you know, if it were just the horses and the cows, that I could handle. It's the actual, the plowing, the field, field work. <laughs> I, you know, between the dirt and the tractor, the noise, the, the hours, the, uh, the tedium. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go off on a tangent here or what? Um, did, you, did you ever jerk off at the sunset uh, <laughs> at the end of the day? No, <laughs> no. no. Some hot other farmer guy? No, no. That's see, that's such that's such. Uh, uh, un, you know, most cliches have basis in reality. That was not my farm experience at all. <laughs> my neither. We had Amish people. There were no, 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 no. There was mm. none of that hot stuff going on. No Harrison Fords making it in a barn either with the Amish girls. So, <laughs> No cult 70s vintage scenes. No, no, no. My sister certainly, well, shit, I shouldn't say that. Um, My sister got a lot of attention, let me just put it that way. Mm. I live vicariously through her adventures. I'd flirt with her boyfriend. We'll just call it Becky Sue for now. (laughs) I was actually, though, you know, I have to say it was never, I actually had a, a girlfriend in high school, like my sophomore and junior year, and I knew then that I was gay. I mean, I had always known it, sort of just, I just knew it from like, I remember like being five and seeing a Tarzan movie and, you know, thinking, ooh, mm-hmm. this is, I like this, but it, I, I'm not quite sure, it's it's mm-hmm. not a good movie, but I'm really enjoying watching this. And then, you know, <laughs> flirting with the sister's boyfriends, I kind of knew, but I think at the time, you know, there wasn't a lot of gay representation in the media and what little there was. I'll never forget, there was a CBS News special like 1969 or 1970. The Homosexuals was what it was called. And of course, you know, every person you saw was, you know, I guess I just had this mindset that if that was not so much what the life was going to be, but if those were the kinds of guys that I, you know, had, if those were the kinds of guys I was going to be forced to like, those were my choices, basically. Well, you know, maybe... And this girl really liked me, so it just kind of happened. But then this uh, Danish exchange student came to our school uh, my senior year. Those Europeans, Europeans, they grew up too fast. He was so enlightened. He was straight. But I actually confessed how I was feeling towards him. And he was the coolest. I'll never forget it. He said, you know, I really like you, Leon. We really connect. Um, If we could have a relationship without the sex, I'm all for it. Wow. It was the coolest. It was, he was probably one of the most influential people to this day in my life because he really, I mean, I had had a window to the world through television, but he was like the first like 
person to person, you know, face to face person who like thought outside the Indiana box, you know. Mm. Um, so I kind of came out with a vengeance <clears throat> my senior year of high school, and in Walton, Indiana, in 1981. So it was. Um, it's funny. I, I've had people since say, "Oh, you were so brave," or "How courageous." It wasn't. It, I, you know, I played Quentin Crisp a couple times. I don't know if you know about him, but his thing was like he couldn't hide who he was. He was just who he was, and that was kind of how I, I felt. It wasn't. I didn't think I could get away with being in the closet. Wow. Um, how old were you again? Uh, you never ask an actor that. No. Oh I'm, I'm, no, I'm no, actually, no 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 no. I'm going to be forty. Yeah. I'm going to be forty nine in two weeks. Oh. You know, Yes, I'm playing older. I know it's hard to believe he's only he's only forty. <laughs> he looks so much older. Happy birthday! No, you do not look so much older. No. I mean, I I thought you you were around your age because you know this first you know your first season your character Nathan. Um, which we haven't really discussed here the the premise of the show and oh we'll get there you know <laughs> yeah we'll get there. I mean people get the gist right. right? But uh, he's turning fifty, yeah. and 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 the rest of the ensemble either has turned fifty or is on, on their way to right. fifty. It's funny. I wrote it when I was forty-seven, thinking, "Oh God, this is going to take at least three years. Let's make make me fifty. And if I'd known, I would have been, you know, shooting it six months later. Wow. <laughs> but it made him forty-seven. But then, you know, there wouldn't have been the big thing. Um, what what was going on? My question was: When this was happening, happening to you, you know, uh, all this um, self-awareness and and being with a Dutch, you know, exchange student, uh, were you seventeen? Were you? I 20? was. Um, I graduated when I was seventeen, so I was I was sixteen and seventeen my senior year. Wow! Yeah, it was. Um, and then For that later, my senior year, I actually met my first boyfriend, who who wasn't straight and who went all the way, and that was. Once that happened, you know, I, I, I always tell my, like, younger relations, nieces and nephews, you know, put off sex as long as you can because it's like the <laughs> potato chip thing. Once you have it, that's all you're going to want to eat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and you've got your whole life. So, But, no, it, 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 I'm, I'm glad it all worked out the way it did. My parents kind of – I have the only two Democrats – in Indi- the state of Indiana are my parents, so I'm lucky that way. But even they had their problems. It started out very kind of supportive, but then once I kind of got the actual boyfriend who put out, I think that freaked them out a bit. They grounded me for my attitude. It was all very kind of mysterious. Um, and there was, there was some tension for a while. But, and this is, I hate to even say that there were good things that came out of AIDS because it was, it's, was and is right. such a horrible thing. But in my hometown of Kokomo, Indiana, there was a kid, Ryan White, in the 80s. <gasps> and um, Ryan White's from there? Yeah, yeah, that was the school that he went to. Oh, my Kokomo, God. Was it high school or Kokomo Middle School? Um, and my mother's sister, my aunt, was actually on the committee to have him expelled from school for having being HIV positive. Oh, my God. And my mom flipped out. And that's really the first time she and I ever really talked about it. And this was after I was in San Francisco, like mid-80s, early to mid-80s, and was home for a visit, and we stayed up to like 3 in the morning talking about it. The first time she'd ever talked about So, you know, Ryan White, God bless him, you know. What a horrible (laughs) thing that he had to go through, but, you know, and Uh, I know I'm not alone. 
and I, you know, I actually wonder if if the AIDS move or the oh my god, the gay movement would be as far along now if AIDS hadn't have happened, because it did mm-hmm. sort of force people to talk about it. But um, yeah, once that opened the dialogue, my parents now are really great. I think they like my partner much more than they like me, actually. So. <laughs> I guess that's a good. They thing. think he's younger and he's not, so that you know thrills me, as I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that side of you. And um, so obviously, you know, you bring a lot of the strength that you have gotten from your your you know from your past into your work. Well, I, I, I think that's. I bring yeah. I, I bring to it the thing about you know why not play a gay character why not tell gay stories because it's just to me it's never I mean I have a real a lot of sympathy for people who are closeted because I just can't imagine ever being in that headspace of 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 deciding to be closeted much less living day to day in a closet so to me it was never a question of you know I, I'm going to play gay characters I mean you know if I create a show it's going to be a gay show. Um, just because I want to tell the stories, you know, they say, write what you know. Um, mm. <laughs> not to say that I'm as sleazy as some of these characters, but, you know, I have friends who are, <laughs> and um, it's just much more mm. interesting to me. I think I've, as an actor in other projects, I'm always, I do a better job when I'm playing a gay character because there's less self-consciousness, I guess. And, you know, sure. I get asked a lot, don't you ever get tired of playing gay characters? And I just, my <laughs> fucking head explodes. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, because gay, gay people are all exactly alike, you know. Oh Unlike straight people who are all completely different. No, I, 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 I rarely re- sort of repeat myself, you know. Even with all the gay characters I've played, they've all been kind of different. Welcome back. This was Box of Wolves. His latest track, Spectrums. Another SoundCloud artist, DJ artist. Um, as usual, I, for those new, who are new and listening, I would like to make it a point that you know if you like any of these tracks you can download them for free (laughs) find the links on the show notes at www.oralfixpodcast.com and those songs will be there uh the links and download as many as you want to your heart's content so um this is an exceptionally long chip for chat um and it is because we just had a great time. I and Leon connected very well. And Leon is just an interesting person. 
um, as you already know. <laughs> and I think, you know, I saved the, la- the best for last. We both did. <laughs> we get into more of why he became an actor, uh, as well as some hidden secrets and gems of what's to be expected for season two. Um, and I think I made a personal, like indirectly request to see Tom, uh, muscles, uh, soon to be boyfriend, probably, um, in Andrew Christian underwear. (laughs) Let's see what Leon has to say about that. And, also about John Tavolta. Mm-hmm. We get into a conversation about John Tavolta being in the closet. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, all right. So um, without further ado, part three. So, you know, I let's get back a little more into um, All Dogs New Tricks. Okay. Unless you have any questions for me. Not yet. Okay, not yet. Good. Oh. <laughs> I'll save it for after we're off tape. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm overclamped here. Um, <laughs> all right, so um, I love these witty references that you make to old shows, and, yeah. and your writing is just awesome. Um, you know that bewitched that bewitched thing kind of happened to me too. I was. Um, a, oh my God! You read my mind. I was, I was about to say. <laughs> I was a reader at an audition at Celebration Theater, which is LA's. Um, Big, big, big gay theater. That's not so disrespectful, doesn't it? Uh, but uh-huh. it's their big gay theater. And I was a member at the time, and I was being a reader, you know, the person who reads with the actors who are auditioning. And this actress came in named Darren. And she's very nice, and we did the scene. And when she was done, I'm like, well, it was great to meet you, Darwood. And there were like maybe oh. six to eight people from the theater in the audience watching the auditions, and they all looked at me like, and like two of them was like, Leon, it's Darren. What? <laughs> and I like look at them, and I'm like, not one of you gets that joke. <laughs> Even with like Nick at Night and TV Land, you don't get a Bewitched reference. Oh my God! Yeah. And that was really the first day I felt old. <laughs> um, that was the first day. It's like, oh my God, there is a generation gap, and I'm on the other side of it. By the way, you look really good as Quentin Chris. Oh, thank you. I, you know, I I love the whole pink wig and I your lips. love love. That's, I think, my favorite, certainly my favorite part on on stage. I love playing him. You know, I've done it twice, and I'd love to do it again. And the great thing is I can't get too old for the part. So um, I, I, he is, anyone who's not familiar, although that was another one. I, you know, in San Francisco, people knew who he was. In L.A., when we did it down here, less so. But I would encourage any anyone, gay or straight, to read his works, because he's really really a philosopher actually even more fun like get his books on tape or um I, some of i think one or two of his um theater performances are on video oh actually there's a great documentary called resident alien from the late 80s if you can stand how dated it is <laughs> oh i've heard of that show i just never really watched I've it i've watched it probably more than 100 times when i you know both times when i was preparing to play him he's um he's he's just an amazing person. I mean, I love his philosophy about live your life like you're the only one on the planet. In that meaning, you know, don't give in to trends. If you want to wear something, wear it. If you want to be something, be it. You know, be your authentic self. That mm. was really his message, which was, I think, really important to everybody, really, but especially to gay people, to, right. to have that courage to really be who you are and not be at all influenced 
by what you think you should do or have to do or, or what's proper. Who are your gay role models or oh. you know, people who have influenced you and you still Ooh. influence Well, by? Clinton, Chris, <laughs> goes without saying. Gay role mm. models, you know, it's funny. I don't even... Oh, my God, you know, I, I'm sure as soon as we hang up... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's late in the night, um, I understand. Literary, I, Oscar Wilde, even though he's, again, not a great role model, um, his wit is, is amazing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm for any actor, whether they're known or not, who, who comes out of the gate gay. As wonderful as it is, those unnamed, unknown people are my idols. As great as it is for performers to come out once they've they're famous and it is great i i'm not knocking it um i always think the ones who start out saying this is who i am from the very beginning those those are the heroes you know mm-hmm. and those even though i don't know them those are the ones i really respect gosh and what 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 pushed you into acting and i know for me it was the fame series it was uh, <laughs> i'm a little bit older <laughs> than you um, <laughs> you know, hey, I don't knock me down because I watch a lot of reruns and my oh, family good. has okay, cool. black and white. For me, it was again, it was like the Norman Lear stuff in the late mm. '70s, All in the Family and Maud. You know, the the things that combine uh, comedy with like a social commentary. I thought that was really mm. cool. I remember I was just telling my partner about this the other day, and it kind of blew his mind. I remember All in the Family. No, no, no! It was the Lorax. Do you remember the original Lorax cartoon? Uh, no, no, because I'm so much older than you. See, uh, there was a Lorax right. cartoon which was really faithful to the book, and it's it's pro ecology message. And I remember mm. watching that at like five or six and thinking, "Oh my God, you can you can talk about these things in entertainment." I mean, I didn't even have like the the vocabulary to think social, you know, activism or whatever. But um, that was really what kind of, and then, you know, with all the family, Maude, you know, that was their, the foundation of those shows. And also Carol Burnett, and um, oh yes, she was huge, huge influence. And um, right. the thing that kicked it in, I was a junior in high school, I was in Arsenic and Old Lace. And um, <laughs> one of the, the kid who played one of the old men that they were about to poison hated me, and he had conspired, <laughs> I found out later. It conspired mm-hmm. to do this with his friends in the show, but um, at the point in the show where I discovered that he's about to drink the poison wine and I was supposed to rush him out of the house, he had plotted to throw the wine in my face as he was, <gasps> which he did, thinking you know oh. I'd be humiliated. It got the audience exploded in laughter, and it was like one of those <laughs> Carol Burnett moments where the, the laughter just continued <laughs> until it turned into applause. Yeah. I literally had to like turn my back to the audience. I remember this like it was like last week. I had to turn my back to the wow. audience to keep them from seeing the smile on my face because it was it was thrilling and it really was like one of those carol burnett moments you know where the audience just loses it and i was i was bit that was really when it's like okay this is this is the life for me it was you know and so i'm sorry that rick sisson was his name <laughs> the kid in high school as it you know he, he was trying to humiliate me and as it turns out he set my life's path wow yeah. So, you know, uh, you turn it into lemonade, I guess. I don't know. That's right, honey. Those jealous sick bitches. <laughs> and he's actually my friend on Facebook now, so it's amazing. <laughs> I've told him this story. Um, 
Actually, and the following year, we did Guys and Dolls, and I was supposed to punch him, and I never did, you know, I always pulled my punch, and he actually, after we became friends on Facebook, decades later, said, you know, I'm really surprised you never really hauled off and punched me after what wow. I did. And I'm like, are you kidding? You, you totally turned me on to acting. How can I? So, it all worked out. But yeah, that's, that's wow. what I really knew. And, um, you know, I took some breaks here and there. I did a lot of, like, community, community theater after high school, and then I did... Um, what was it? Wait until dark. Do you know that play about the blind woman? Yes. I played. Yes. I played the um, stern, sympathetic husband who is in the first five minutes saying "bye, dear," and who comes back the last oh five God. minutes going, "What the hell happened?" While I was gone, but his character, the character, was supposed to be this really stern ex-marine. Yeah. And at the time, I thought, well, any good actor can play anything, and I am clearly not a stern ex-marine type. And that kind of I kind of dropped out of acting for about five years after that went back to studying acting and kind of learned oh you don't have to be able to play everything okay i i am kind of okay i'm almost good at this and that yeah from then on it was and then my partner when i met him 20 years ago he was very like i want to see you on stage you've got to you know get out of class and actually start auditioning again which i did i had made like a couple films myself during that period when i was studying but i didn't audition at all and he really encouraged lawrence whiting is his name he really um, encouraged me. So wow. between the guy in high school and Lawrence, <laughs> they're the two. And, and the Danish exchange student. <laughs> Those were the three big influences. Well, you know, what turned me on to your show was Stuck, Stuck in a Jam. That was the first one. And then I had to rewind, catch up. And then you guys put out um, the ending, which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> Thanks. I I mean, besides, you know, the stuck in the jam, which I want to see more of, because that was, I think, you know, my second real glimpse into L.A. traffic, mm. which also was really brilliant. And <laughs> it was so funny, you know, one scene to another. But Strange Bedfellows, 1.5, the, the therapy session was hilarious. Oh, it was Patrick Bristow. He's the best. You know, when I was writing it, I kind of had him in mind for Brad. <laughs> which, is, no. which is hard to believe no. now. Well, no, I... Brad is not cute. He just I'm had sorry. a different... I had a different kind of physicality in mind for him. He was more okay. of a comedic character. Not to say no. that he's, like, so serious now, but... Uh, <laughs> and Brad was... Or, or Patrick, rather, was... Actually, I sent him some of the scripts. He was one of the first people who read it. And he was incredibly kind and complimentary said that you know he's doing a lot of work in children's theater now so he's, he's like you know i don't know if i could do brad <laughs> but uh he said oh. you know offer me any, any other part and i'm there so i'm like i want to play my shrink and uh, actually we had a great time shooting it and he had the suggestion when we were shooting it which is odd because i mean how how many actors talk themselves out of a part i'd originally seen him oh. coming back and being Nathan's shrink throughout, but he's like, you know, Murphy Brown, remember how she had yes. like the secretaries where every week yes. was a different secretary? Uh-huh. You should, Nathan <laughs> should, so in season two, I, Terry Garber, she was on Dynasty, she was in a, um, a miniseries called North and South in the 80s. People in my yes. generation will know who she is. Um, I remember North and South, but I, I can't picture her right now. But she's, she's going to be the next bad shrink. <gasps> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. We have a couple other people coming up, but I can't tell you who they are yet. I know. I was going to try to squeeze it oh, out of you, but 
I, at least I know that you know the key guys are, are coming back that I really that I think caught you know and 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 I'm really excited that you know Damien's coming back and I'm excited that Blindfold Man is coming back. <laughs> um and 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 um Muscle's boyfriend. Mm, Tom, yeah. We had, we had to give in to, to, you know, public demand. People really wanted him back. Wow. Is your character Nathan really you? Is he really me? Um, he's richer than I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you go. Um, Live your life through your character. That's, you know, that's tough. They're like, try to like produce something about someone who's somewhat a well, who's more affluent than you are? It's it's not easy, you know, finding locations and like, oh, how do you afford the wardrobe? And um, he's um, he's probably me if I were single now. I've I've been in a relationship for almost twenty years. Congratulations. Um, if if I were single, he he's very much like I was in my twenties. Okay. Just that kind of constantly questioning and doubting and and worrying and flying. It's funny, too. I hadn't thought about it until the director pointed it out while we were shooting. He's like, Leon, did you pick a name that was similar to yours? Because my my first name is actually Norman. My full name is Norman Leon Acord. Um, Norman Acord, Nathan Adler, N.A. And it didn't even occur to me. It was just, it was one of those character names. Both Nathan Adler and Nelson Van Eddy for like 10 or 20 years. I'm like, oh, I don't know why or exactly when they came to me, but I just thought, okay, it'd be okay. You, you have to create a character and use that name sometime. Right. People actually ask me about Nathan. It's like, well, he's not Jewish. How did he get a name like Nathan Adler? <laughs> and you're actually going to find that out in season two. There's a a story behind that, which I won't. Oh, I won't. Okay. Well, should I give it away? It's not that big of a deal, is it? Um, when he first moved to L.A., he thought he'd be more successful if people thought he was Jewish. His real name's Nathaniel Atkinson. <laughs> oh my God! But he changed it to Nathan Adler. <laughs> oh, thank you for giving us the scoop on that. Oh my God! I can give some secrets away. There's still a lot, many more that I'm not not spilling. What if, Are we going to see more Bionic Bitch? <laughs> uh, he he has he, actually he's kind of bit you with the the next psychiatrist, Terry Garber. Um, he yeah. In fact, <laughs> oh God, I did I can't. Hard to talk about without trying to figure out how to talk about it without giving it away. R- okay, Rylan Shelton, okay. who played Damien, uh, when he did his callback, he did the um, pretty much the last scene of the second season. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm a Dynasty fan, so you know what that means. It's some mm-hmm. sort of a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's uh, a bit dramatic. It's still funny, but it kind of goes somewhere where the show hasn't gone yet. And he's really, really good. Mm. I, I've already told him I think he's going to be getting awards for festival next year once people see what he does in it. I've watched his audition tape like five times. He's an amazingly good actor, and I, I can't wait to get to it. But it's yeah, it's, wow. he's, he's it's going to be fun. I, I I want the characters to kind of you know I want it to still be outrageously funny and kind of jaw dropping at times. But you know the point is a show about guys reluctant to grow up, so we have to kind of show them starting that path of growing up. So it, it gets there's a little a little bit of a dramatic feel more this season. You know, I, one of the things I really love about your the show, your show, um, and the writing overall is that um, 
it really gives a good balance, as you said earlier, of you know what's in the community, um, good and bad, and and just this growing up thing, and, and and just dealing with real issues in a very you know dramatic and comedic way. But at the same time, you know you you, I don't know if you really focused on this, but for me, um, it gives me some somewhat of support. Um, I'm thirty. I just turned thirty nine. Oh, you're I'm a actually, baby. Yes. <laughs> When I was 29, I would have thought you were old, but at 48, you're a baby. You know, nobody's really called me a baby in a long time in the gay community until you. <laughs> you just need to hang out with... You know, when I lived in San Francisco, there's a bar called Twin Peaks, which is known as a... Um, I know. You know it. And it was great because I would always feel like one of the... I felt like a chicken. That's the expression <laughs> I used to use when I was a chicken. Uh, that's a twink back in, in the olden days. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. So, no, it's well. The thing is, it's and this is more of a. In San Francisco, they seem to kind of respect the older generations more, and you actually see sixty and seventy year old gay people in the Castro. But sitting in in West Hollywood, you know, you see thousands of twenty year olds, and you see hundreds of thirty year olds, and you see quite a few forty year olds, and you might see a couple dozen fifty year olds, and that's it. And I'm like, where where do they go? They can't all marry and move out of town. And uh, I just, I it's, I don't feel like life is over. I feel like life, actually, you know, it, you're at a great age because I felt like 37 was really when life started. And um, uh. so, and also being in L.A. where everything's just youth, 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 I, I kind of wanted to show that, you know, the rest of us still keep on living and we still have fun and problems and good times and, I've I've met young people along the way and people who are still in the closet who are coming out and people like even John Tavolta mm. who I can you know he's str- he has been struggling in the closet. Um, oh, are we going to talk about John Travolta? How much time do we have do, left? <laughs> I I would love to. I actually wanted to address it because I think it's perfect. I mean, he's a fifty year old who's who's trapped in the closet and he's. I mean, it was just I I can't believe it. You know, he he he's been picking off masseuse from. Off the ads, and he, just for sex, we're gay men. I mean, I mean, not even gay men. I don't even know if these John Doe's are gay men. Uh, and oh, I don't none think he identifies really as a gay man. I think my thing with John Travolta is, if he were just a closeted gay man, I I think I'd have more sympathy for him. But the fact that he's um, a Scientologist, <gasps> uh, yeah, we're really going to go there. Um, <laughs> I don't know if being in L.A. It's hard to not see Scientology a lot, but it's really one of the most fucked up. I won't even say it's a religion. It's... Uh, I know all about Yeah, them. they're yeah. probably going to start bugging my phone now if they hear this interview, but the fact that they kind of... I mean, I don't know that much about it. What I have read about it, they do kind of... Very clan-oriented. It's very clan-oriented, and I, I get the feeling like they kind of tell you who you're supposed to be as opposed to letting mm-hmm. you celebrate who you are. And mm-hmm. I just can't help but feel that that plays a lot into it, into mm-hmm. his choices. Um, I I have, yeah, I mean... Leon, my thing is that he, you know, with L.A. and San Francisco out in the East Coast, and he, even here, in the, uh, uh, I mean out in the West Coast and here in the East Coast, I mean, everywhere, there's a ton, a budding community of erotic massage people mm-hmm. that will actually, and sex workers, that will give you a happy ending. Yeah. Why 
Why power trip like this? I, I, you know, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't pretend to understand it. I, I, <clears throat> part of me feels really, really sorry for him because I know there must be yeah. a part of his soul that's really tortured, mm-hmm. especially to be married and have children and and to have this happen. And then part of me is just like. I can't even imagine being in the closet, so I, I'm always kind of torn between sympathy mm. and just kind of uh, a little bit of disgust, actually. Is mm-hmm. that too harsh? I just no. I feel like, you no. know, he's successful enough. I mean, let's face it, he's not really the number one box office star anymore. He could come out of the closet. I mean, yes. it, it would affect his family, of course, but it, career-wise, it's not like he'd have that much to lose. So I, I no, because everyone ha- I've, I've I've had fantasies and you know my private hours of John Travolta growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I you know he never did it for me, but I can see why how he does it for some people. Fred, you were talking about I mean, chips earlier. That's pff, Eric Estrada <laughs> was more my cup of tea than the Barbarino, but. Um, oh, well, Barbarino, I have a thing for blondes. Um. Oh, oh, good. There aren't <laughs> enough people with things for blondes. Do you realize how few blonde actors there are? Yes. It's not like in the 80s or in the yeah, 70s anymore. Like, blonde, it's like all dark features. Yeah, there's Owen Wilson and there's me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Brad Pitt, but that's, you know, that's that's beyond blonde. That's more into, like, you know, like Pantheon of Gods. But... Um, oh. Blondes don't do it for me. It must be an opposite for track thing. Yes, yes. May I flatter you a little bit more? Oh, please, by all means. <laughs> I think you, you know, to me when I when I when I first stumbled upon you, I was like, he looks like the guy from The Greatest American Hero, but cute. Oh, you know, I've gotten that too. In fact, in San Francisco, I came dangerously close. There's a troupe up there called the Sick and Twisted Players, and oh? they're pretty well known, at least locally, for they do spoofs of movies. And one of my first jobs that I almost did, but I ended up not doing it, was a um, spoof of Carrie playing the William Cat character. Mm. Yeah, I've gotten that. It's the hair, the hair, you know, yeah. the hair and the eyes. Uh, well, well, yeah, I guess I get Vanessa Redgrave well, a lot too, which I kind of like. Well, I can live with that. <laughs> Better than Barry Manilow. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, yes. Better than Barry Manilow. It's the hair, though. You know, the hair is. I've had two different stunt coordinators compliment me on how well I can take a punch. And it's really just the hair. If you have the hair, all you have to do is <laughs> it sells it. Totally. And you have a great silhouette with that hair. <laughs> really? Um, it's all about the silhouette and the drag world, honey. Really? Oh, my, I hate my profile. Oh my, is that what you're talking about? Honey, don't you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? Michelle Visage always says it's, on it's logo, all about the darling. silhouette. I don't do logo. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> I should watch it. You know, I would actually. I there's we're trying to find a uh, really iconic gay person to do a cameo. We have a uh, two-part wedding episode coming up, and we'd really love to get like an icon to be like the officiant, the um, you know, to perform the ceremony. So I really should not bash RuPaul. I actually admire RuPaul for his work in the community so I, it's logo brew it's not you yeah <laughs> no totally and, and totally. they seem to really support that show so rue paul probably doesn't have the same concerns that i would have who knows i don't know um is lydia returning to the show is who lydia oh yeah she's a semi-regular she's actually a good friend of mine she's the one character that i actually wrote specifically for an actor she she awesome. was the one who played um betty davis and judy garland in the uh, play i did 
<clears throat> I should mention oh. the name of that, Carved in Stone, um, written by, right. by Jeffrey Hardgrave. She's she's actually known as a Judy Garland impersonator, she, but she does a cabaret act, and she's actually going to sing in the show uh, in two different episodes in season two, which she's performing at the uh, reception and the wedding episode, and then um, we see her nightclub act. Well, Leon, we we just you know about wrapped it up. It's um, been a blast, Henry. This has been the most fun, and not just because yeah. you've been flattering me and complimenting me. <laughs> Although that's you know that certainly has been a perk. <laughs> Likewise, <laughs> I can't believe the 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 levels of you know of, of dynamics that that we've just gone through and energy and. Um, and I, I, my heart is so warm right now. Oh, good. Mine too. I, I'm not going to be able to sleep. Thank you. Well, gosh, where you are, it's what, two in the morning? Oh, well, this is on uh, tape, so we don't need to talk about what time it is. But you must be sleepy. Uh, no, not You're at all. I am a night, you are a night owl. I'm a night owl. And lately, because of my allergies, I've been sleeping wild hours, and I'm a web designer on top of oh. it. And on top of, so it's been, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. So do you want to leave us off with any final things? Um, and besides, you know, the plugs that I'm going to put in on the show notes, oh, which is... Oh, gosh, just, you know, um, like I said earlier, if, if, you know, given the times we live in, if you can't support the show financially, um, just watch us and tell your friends about us and help us spread the word. Um, there are many ways to, to help us out. And if you haven't seen it at all, please watch it. I think um, you'll enjoy it. I hope so. And if you don't, you know, tell us that, too. I, I'm kind of surprised that we haven't had more hate. Oh, well, you know, really? it's... The slightest gay thing on YouTube seems to get elicit some pretty homophobic comments, you know, even rock really? videos, and we haven't gotten really any of that. Thank God. Ninety-eight percent like rating on YouTube, so. Oh, that's yeah. great! That's fantastic. Yeah, we're, I'm. You know, I was all prepared and <laughs> kind of disappointed, but I can live <laughs> with that disappointment. Certainly. No, I would just, you know. Uh, Watch our show and enjoy, and and tell us what you think because we really try to um, engage with our audience. And there you have it, folks. Leon Acord uh, from Old Dogs New Tricks the series dot com. Um, please watch them and support them, and hope to have Leon back and have maybe some of the other cast members. Oh, that'd be great. On and um, uh, where I Oral Fix Podcast is here for you, old dog. Cool. Oh, you old bitches. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say leave on a laugh, so. <laughs> there you have it, everyone. That was Leon Accord, Old Dog's New Tricks. You can follow him and the series on YouTube. And all links are provided to any of the outlets that you can find them on at www.oralfixpodcast.com. The show notes will also feature the links for the music I provided here for this week's podcast. I hope everyone has a great, safe week, and you are spreading the word about old dogs' new tricks, as well as the Oral Fix podcast. Any feedback, remember you can send it to oralfixpodcast at gmail.com or call it in 646-504-3491 and follow me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, Henry M. Diaz, and get glue. (laughs) 
I'm going to leave you with Get People, Rain Tears, the Crystal Fighters remix. Have a great week.